it's week four, and we're here with our Sit Start podcast. And uh, I've got with me today Ryan Heath, uh, because I don't know if you all remember, but a few weeks ago, all three of us were in our staff guillotine league, and, and we said the punishment for being eliminated first in the staff guillotine league is you get eliminated from this podcast. So uh, Eric Smith uh, is now done. Uh, he can no longer show up on this podcast. So Ryan, uh, you're going to help us carry it the rest of the way with a uh, sit start. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It is definitely sad to see Eric go, but I'm excited to push forward with this podcast and bring the people to sit start advice. Yeah. I mean, you know, when he went zero RB in the draft and then, you know, was trusting people like James White, uh, yeah, injuries, they happen to everyone. So it, it's a tough, tough break for him, but uh, better off for our podcast listeners for sure. Um, as we're going to talk about uh, basically everyone that you might uh, want to sit or start this week, everyone that's fantasy relevant, we're not going to get to everyone on the podcast. Uh, so if there's someone that we don't talk about today that you want to hear about um, or, or read about, go to qblist.com and check out our sit start article. We will go over every single player in those articles. Uh, and then if you still have more questions, you're not sure, you know, you've got a couple of different players that we're saying to start you don't know which one to go with uh eric does do the rankings on the website they're up now uh you can check out his rankings at running back at wide receiver and ryan it feels kind of wrong to just pick apart his rankings without him here so i i, I guess we can let eric on the show uh eric how are you doing hey hey so all right i had two injuries in the guillotine league i got 0. 0.6 out of james white um, let's see who else got hurt. Sterling Shepard. I got 3.6 out of, I got three points from TJ Hawkinson. Remember there are like 16 teams in this league. So uh, I know I shouldn't be starting James White, but it's a deep league. So, uh, yeah, I made it to the finals last year in the guillotine. So I'm definitely making all the excuses on this finish because, uh, uh maybe I shouldn't have started Tyson Williams and flex, but other than that. I, I, I like that you came in hot and just immediately had to explain why you were the third person eliminated from the guillotine league. I will, I will say the guillotine league is completely unforgiving. Uh, I was eliminated second last year. Sometimes things just don't break right. I mean, if you, if we were to look at, we're not going to tell you the whole roster, but I'll tell you right now, looking at the lineup, there's nothing about this lineup that screams to me that this isn't like a regular league. Like the, he has a pretty good lineup, even by 12 team standards. Uh, so there's really no reason he should have gone home, but, that was the break sometimes. Sometimes Tyreek Hill puts up less than 10 points. I mean, what are you going to do? Then again, you got 17 points from your kicker. So you know, I don't <laughs> know how you wasted that one. Uh, but uh, Eric, you got Thursday night football this week. Are, are you looking forward to seeing Cincinnati play so early in the week? Or are you uh, concerned that a- after Thursday, you're just going to check out? No, I'm excited. I'm even working late on Friday. So I get to stay up late, enjoy this one. I will say that um, I think all Bengals fans are trained to expect the worst and everything feels too good right now. So, you know, real easy matchup against the Jags on Thursday night. What could go wrong coming off a win against the Steelers, you know? So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm mentally preparing for this. I, I'm so ready for this to be your one tie of the year. Uh, just, you know, the only game that's on, everyone's going to, all eyes will be on Cincinnati as they are at home against the one of the most hapless teams I think I've ever, This they might be worse than last year's Jaguars. Like, that's how bad this Jacksonville team is. And you guys are 100% going to manage to tie with them. Um, real quick, let's do a quick teaser on uh, Sid Start. Ryan, who are two players that you were surprisingly sitting this week? So I'm sitting either Elijah Mitchell or Trey Sermon, or both of them, if they're both healthy, uh, I'm just done with them. You're just you're just done with the 49ers backfield. Yeah, I I can't do it anymore. I I thought I could do it this year. I I just can't. I'm sorry. I'm I'm waving you, you the know, white flag. No interest in in Kyle Uzcheck. 
Uh, no, he's the reason that I am waving the white flag. I was sitting on my couch watching Kyle Juszczyk get touches, and I realized like that this is over. I'm do- I'm done now. Yeah, that's uh, that's San Francisco 49ers fullback Kyle Juszczyk, as uh, I believe seven different players uh, had a rush attempt for the 49ers this past week, including not just Trey Lance for a one-yard touchdown and also Jimmy Garoppolo, but D- Debo Samuel got two touches, George Kittle uh, got a rushing attempt, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, it literally was like if you're on the 49ers, uh, there, there's only one player who got a, a touch this week that wasn't a carry, and that was Mohamed Sanu. So... Yeah, 49ers rushing game is pretty messy right now. Uh, Eric, who are you surprisingly sitting? Yeah, I'll go with uh, Zach Moss and Henry Ruggs. Um, I think Moss is a little too touchdown dependent, and Ruggs, I just don't like this matchup. Well, Ruggs has had two good weeks in a row, but you know we do know he's a bit of a, a big play, maybe not necessarily big play dependent uh, kind of receiver, but he's certainly not someone that, that people feel like they can trust week in and week out. So definitely understand where you're coming from there. Uh, who are you surprisingly starting? Yeah, I'll go Odell Beckham Jr. I did not think I'd be on board after one game, but I am. And then uh, I'm also surprisingly starting Peyton Barber. I I can't even say it without laughing. So I'm sure we'll get into him more because I think he's going to be the subject of a lot of sit-start questions this week. Yeah, uh, how much of the Odell Beckham, uh, you know, you you wanting to start him is because Jarvis Landry is on IR? Yeah, that certainly helps. But I think they used those two weeks uh, to start the year just to ease him in. He saw 64% of the snaps. And, you know, in a game they didn't need him against the Bears, he had nine targets. So uh, they, they gave him good work. And I just was, yeah, really encouraged with the work he got. All right. And then, Ryan, who are two players that you're surprisingly starting? Yeah, I'm actually starting Zach Moss just because I think he has a good chance of scoring a touchdown. The Bills are implied the most points of any team this week. And I'm also starting Cordero Patterson. He's been getting the targets every single week. I think he's a low-end flex play now. So, Ryan, you're starting Zach Moss. Eric, you're sitting Zach Moss. Uh, I, as the as the tiebreaker vote here, I'm just going to say, if there's a game in which you can trust a Buffalo running back, it's one where they're going to beat the ever-loving you know, out of uh, Houston. So I, I, I feel good about honestly, both of the running backs uh, in this game. I don't, I don't see any reason why they won't get a ton of garbage time work uh, against Houston, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, Eric, if you want to take one last stab at why we shouldn't be starting Zach Moss. I mean, you know, the Texans have been kind of competitive so far. They're middle of the pack, allowing rushing yards. You know, so they're not just the best matchup in the league. He had a 7% target share. He's just getting 56% of the snaps. So I, I just think the bills are all about passing and it's a tough bet from week to week with these running backs. All right. Um, let's get into the news and notes. A lot going on this week as a lot of players, uh, you know, either missing practice on Wednesday, coming back from injury, uh, getting injured on Sunday. So let's just, uh, <laughs> there's, there's a long list of injuries today. Um, so neither AJ Brown or Julio Jones practiced. Uh, Brown is considered week to week with the strained hamstring that he suffered uh, on Sunday. And I don't think we expect him to play. Uh, but do we expect Julio Jones to play? kind of went under the radar that he didn't play much in the second half uh, of that Titans game. And, you know, he missed practice say, which, you know, it's Wednesday and it's Julio Jones. So that's one thing. But on the other hand, you know, it does seem like the reporting out there is that he's probably not going to play. Yeah, I'm worried. I mean, he only played 50% of the snaps last week and that's with AJ Brown out. So they needed him. Um, and yeah, the, the, it just seems very discouraging going into this game. And I don't know if there's some issues with Julio and the coach or what. I just, I don't know. I've, I've got a bad feeling about this one. So this whole passing game has me worried this week. 
what does this mean for the rest of Tennessee's offense, Ryan? Like, are we concerned? Are we benching Ryan Tannehill because who on earth is he throwing to? Are we concerned even about like Derrick Henry because the Titans have no one that anyone should be concerned about in the passing game? Like, like where, what are you doing with the rest of the Titans offense? I think you are benching Ryan Tannehill, but the reason for that is that Derrick Henry is going to have 30 carries and eight targets this week. So I <laughs> I don't think Tannehill's going to be throwing down the field. It's going to be a really conservative offense. They won't really need to throw down the field against the Jets. So Derrick Henry is the running back one overall for this week, and we shouldn't expect much out of the Titans passing game. Yeah, I mean, it helps that, that they're playing the Jets this week, uh, who actually are probably the worst team in football. I know that Jacksonville looks really bad, but I, I don't know if they're playing each other this year, but I would I would not want to watch that game. Uh, but Derrick Henry going up against New York should have a huge game. Um, are there like, do we care about any of the possible fill-ins at wide receivers or anyone that you might stream this week? No, I mean, this list of names is terrible. I mean, Nick Westbrook, Ekine, Chester Rogers, Cameron Batson, they were even without Ferkser last week. So the tight ends were uh, Jeff Swain, Michael Pruitt, and Tommy Hudson. Like we've talked about those aren't real players before on the podcast. Like I don't, I think we've heard of two of these guys. So I'm, I'm benching them all. We need a lot more of a track record than just like a half of last week to know what they're going to do here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Cameron Batson is the name of the dude from Shazam. So I think uh, we're just making up, you know, we're just taking superhero alter egos now uh, and just making football players out of them. All right. So basically you're playing Derrick Henry and and that's it in Tennessee. If Julio Jones is cleared to play, uh, do we think that they're going to play him enough or is it because they're playing New York? Like even if he's on the field, there's just not going to be enough work there for him. I mean, I wouldn't trust it. Uh, He, you know, he, Missed a lot of time this offseason. He was already a little iffy coming into the year, and the fact that it's already popping up, uh, I would give him a, a break and sit him on your bench this week if you can. And I will say about Tannehill, like I still have him QB 12. Uh, it's just against the Jets, you would think he'd be a lot higher, and uh, you're just going to be banking on a couple touchdowns. I don't think Tannehill's going to throw for much more than like 220, 250 this game. All right. Um so we're really only starting Derrick Henry and maybe Ryan Tannehill. Uh, T Higgins has been ruled out. Uh, so we'll touch on what that means when we get to Thursday night football. Uh, but is it safe to say that you're not playing T Higgins this week? Dalvin cook was limited on Wednesday. So he missed Sunday's game. Alexander Madison did well, but it looks like cook is trending towards playing this weekend. Um, if cook is healthy, we assume that he's a full go. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it seemed like he was close to playing last week. So I, I, they're going to be cautious with them, especially after Madison looked so good. All right. And uh, I mean, how, like, if, if Cook's playing, then we're not playing Alexander Madison, right? No, I don't think we can. We've never seen Cook really share the load. So I wouldn't think it would start this week. Okay. Uh, Sterling Shepard did not practice on Wednesday after he left Sunday's game early with a hamstring injury. Uh, it sounds like Kadarius Tony might get uh, his snaps. Darius Slayton also didn't practice. So there's, you know, quite a bit of, uh, you know, stuff up in the air for, for New York. Uh, are we at all interested in Kadarius Tony uh, or potentially Kenny Galladay uh, with Shepard out? Yeah, I guess you can put Galladay up a few spots. I haven't been overjoyed with what we've been seeing from him this season, obviously. Um, but outside of him, I'm not really all that interested in these other options. Kadarius Tony, Darius Slayton, I don't think that they're going to command the target volume or be all that efficient to the point where you want them in your lineup at flex. 
All right. Uh, Curtis Samuel and Rashad Bateman have both been designated for return from IR. Uh, Samuel with Washington and Bateman with uh, the Ravens. They have 21 days to activate them from IR, so it, it's possible that they're not active this week. Um, are they people that we should be grabbing right now, uh, either to stash on the IR or if they are activated, should we be grabbing them to stash on the bench? Yeah, I really want to grab both of them. I think especially Rashad Bateman. I'd like to just see how he looks. I mean, he had so much hype coming into the season. A lot of people love him as a prospect. I'd be very interested to put him on a roster and see the first week or two. And uh, I mean, you might really, you know, catch lightning in a bottle here with Bateman. So I think we know what Samuel is. He's going to be useful, but I'll take a bit of the unknown here. Yeah, I agree. If I'm picking between the two of them, it's Bateman. I mean, with both of them, we worry a bit about these lower body injuries with receivers. It can take them longer to get back to 100% than we might expect. So it's not like you're going to be plugging either of them into a lineup this week or whatever the first week is that they play. But I'm especially interested in Bateman for the upside. All right. Uh, James White is likely to be done for the year after suffering a hip injury in week three. Uh, He had totaled 13 targets through those first two games and averaged 15 PPR points per game just in those first two games. Those numbers look worse now because he technically played in week three. Um, But that was pretty good production from, you know, the pass catching running back there in New England. Uh, Mac Jones dumping off a lot to him. Are we speculating on anyone in that New England backfield taking on that role? And if there is someone, are they someone we should be adding, Ryan? Yeah, I'm speculating on J.J. Taylor. He's somebody that I've liked for the last two years. I thought he's looked good in the limited work that he's gotten. He has 4.8 career yards per carry. He had 32 catches his senior year of college at Arizona. I mean, he's kind of this smaller player. He can fill that James White satellite back role. Um, This isn't a plus for Ramondre Stevenson's completely different role in the New England backfield. Uh, Brandon Bolden can get out of here. I never want to see Brandon (laughs) Bolden touching the football on offense again. Uh, So that's where I'm at on the backfield. You can add Taylor in deep leagues. I added him in a few deeper leagues, but you're not plugging him in or anything this week, but we'll see. The James White role is very valuable, especially if New England's going to be trailing like they probably will be this week. Yeah, it's it's one of those things more of like a beat the waiver wire pickup as opposed to uh, you're picking him up to play him this week. You, you pick up J.J. Taylor in the hopes that he gets six targets this week and, and all of a sudden you've beat everyone to someone who will be one of the most added players next week. So um, just someone to keep an eye on there. Uh, Jamison Crowder is likely to make his season debut this week. Um, we don't care. Uh, it's the New York Jets. Don't pick any of them up. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster did not practice as he left their game on Sunday early uh, with a ribs injury. Deontay Johnson was limited in practice after missing their week three game entirely. Uh, if Chase Claypool is the only man standing, is Chase Claypool a must start? I think he is pretty much. I, I think it's important not to completely overreact to how bad Ben Roethlisberger looked last week. I mean, this offense can't run the ball, so they're going to have to pass. Um, it's going to be short check downs, but that's great for PPR. So if Claypool is the last man standing, he's going to get a ton of volume. I think he had 15 targets last week. So yeah, I'm all in on him. It really, any one of these receivers is out. The other two get a really nice boost here. Ryan, do you feel the same about Claypool? Yeah, I'm interested to see him run like a more complete route tree and not just be targeted really deep down the field. I really want to see what he can do. And yeah, you're starting him, especially if the other two are out or even if only one is out. Okay. Um, Elijah Mitchell is practicing again. He was limited on Wednesday, but it does seem like he's trending towards playing. Ryan, you said you're done with this whole backfield. Eric, are you also done with this 49ers backfield? Um, I think I would go back to Sermon because they are playing Seattle, who has been awful against the run this year, if Mitchell sits. 
if Mitchell's out there, I, I agree. Um, I do think Sermon or Mitchell could be a very boom bust option because Seattle's, like I said, they've been terrible against the run. But other than that, there's a very low floor on all these players. All right. And then uh, Antonio Brown is back from the COVID reserve list. Uh, so does he just go right back to where you were ranking him in kind of like the mid 20s? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'm definitely starting him. And um, I believe that Scotty Miller is on IR, uh, which is interesting only if Brown misses again. Uh, that's kind of the competition behind him. I think it would just be Tyler Johnson after that. So if Brown does miss, I'd be interested in someone behind him. But I, I'm right back on uh, Antonio Brown now. All right. And uh, over under uh, Tom Brady, uh, what what is he, 67 yards uh, passing this week uh, to break the all-time passing yardage leader record in New England? <laughs> you say 360 no 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 he just he just needs like 68 yards there was some talk uh about how much he would be passing early on in the season said he'd be set up to break the record uh in new england and if that was his goal i think he has set himself up very nicely <laughs> uh so this this will be a, a good one probably sometime in the first quarter we'll see tom brady uh, i guess the better question is uh do you think new england will like pause the game uh, to like acknowledge what Tom Brady has done. I mean, it's technically the opposing quarterback, but it's, you know, it's Tom Brady. It's in Foxborough. Ryan, do, do you expect there to be any fanfare uh, from the New England, you know, stadium? Yeah, there's actually been a lot of talk about this on sports radio here. There, surprisingly, a lot of callers seem to not be into the idea. I think people are still really bitter about Tom Brady leaving New England. Um, but I mean, we're, we're talking about the crafts here. Like they're, they're a class act. They're a class organization. I, there's probably going to be some sort of tribute, whether it's before the game or when he breaks the record. I can't imagine they don't have something planned. Yeah, I, I feel like you can't do it before the game because that's when Tom Brady gets hurt, like after throwing 12 yards and then he just can't get there. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if Brady gets hurt. Does he go out and start throwing left handed because he so badly wants to break the record in New England? Like, you never know. I want to kind of want to yeah. find out how I think badly the, does Brady want it. I think the rest of the fan bases out there right now are saying, I can't even imagine what a player would have to do after winning that many titles to make me angry at them. Like we can stop the whole game. We can just call it at halftime after all those titles. I don't care what they do to my team. If he leaves town, like these Patriots fans are outrageous miles. I, 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 I just, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I kind of just want Brady to break the record and then just crowd surf for the entire <laughs> yeah. rest of the game. Just like not even play, just get to 68 passing yards, break the record. Uh, and then whoever's the backup quarterback in Tampa Bay can take over. And he just Tom retires. Just... He's just done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board for this. He has to make sure Drew Brees is, is done, done first. I don't think Brees is coming back, though. Uh, all right. Uh, let's talk about some streamers. Uh, Ryan, who are you streaming this week at quarterback, tight end, and defense if you're in a tough spot? Yeah. So at quarterback, there are a few options that are probably available, but I'm going to go with one that I didn't talk about last week, which was Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he's only rostered in 26% of Yahoo leagues. He has actually gone deep on 20% of his passes this year. That's above the league average. So we can't make the jokes about check down Teddy anymore. And I mean, the Ravens defense has been struggling. The Broncos are going to need to throw to stay in this one, unlike last week. So I'm feeling pretty good going back to Teddy, even after an underwhelming performance against the Jets last week. Uh, uh, real quick, before you get to the rest of them, Eric, you have Teddy Bridgewater ranked 27th. So that's <laughs> far. I mean, that's not even starting in two quarterback leagues. So um, who's just a little bit about maybe why not Teddy and someone that you might stream instead. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I did not know how deep he was throwing, although I did notice with one of his receivers. We'll get to that later. Um, I'm just not trusting this one from a volume standpoint. Um, I think they're going to try to grind out a win here. Um, I'd rather start someone like Jimmy Garoppolo against Seattle, honestly. Like, I, I don't know. There's a lot of options I'd rather play. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of volume for Bridgewater. I mean, Sam Darnold exists, both of you guys. Like, he he's still very <laughs> not much rostered. Sam Darnold is now up to 32% rostered. He plays Dallas. Oh, yeah. uh, he might throw a pick or two because Dallas apparently is a turnover machine now. But um, yeah. you guys both have Darnold in your top 15. Uh, anyway, uh, who do you have at tight end, Ryan? Yeah, so I actually have Hunter Henry at tight end now. He is has gone under 50% rostered, but that's a mistake. He is only on rosters in 43% of Yahoo leagues. John o. Smith snaps have been declining. They've gone from 73% to 50% to 41%. Uh, he had a pretty bad drop last week. I don't think they're all that happy with him in New England. It might be a bit of a doghouse type of deal. Henry's going to be on the field more in negative game scripts anyways, because John who is in on 12 personnel most of the time. Uh, the Pats are going to have to throw in this game. It will definitely be a negative game script. So if you're desperate at tight end, I actually think Hunter Henry has a decent floor. Hasn't scored mm-hmm. a touchdown yet this year. Um, like it, it's tight end three weeks in, like you're not going to get any super fun, crazy options, but he's about the best I can give you. All right. And then what about defense? So at defense, I'm going to go with Green Bay this week. They are 23% rostered in Yahoo leagues. They're home favorites against the Steelers. We saw what Ben Roethlisberger looked like. Some of his weapons are hurt. The Steelers are only implied 19 points. And an interesting note is that after this week, Green Bay also gets the Bengals and the Bears. So you might be able to continue starting them for a few weeks from now. So they're the first streamer I would recommend this week. All right. Awesome. Uh, we'll have more options as we go throughout the positions, but those are just some of Ryan's favorite streamers of the week. Uh, remember, you know, I mean, this is, we're recording this on Wednesday. There's going to be so much information between now and Sunday. So if you find yourself Sunday morning, Saturday evening, whenever you set your lineups wondering, man, I, I wish I had, uh, you know, someone to ask someone to, to tag and to bother and, and get an answer on my sit start. Well, you can uh, join ours uh, discord server, go to pitcherlist.com slash plus to get access to not just uh, the QB list side of things but also the pitcher list side of things so you can get help with your fantasy baseball and fantasy football teams and you can tag myself ryan eric uh anyone from our staff and be like hey i need to figure out what i'm doing with my roster tomorrow uh later today whatever whenever you're asking the question and we're here to help you so um you know for this podcast just a reminder all of our sit start recommendations are for 12 team ppr leagues but you know that's the cool thing with the discord server you can tell us hey i'm in a 14 team standard league i'm in a eight team uh you know tight ends get two PPR or whatever, you know, whatever your league is, we got you. Um, let's talk about Thursday night football. We don't need to spend too much time on this game. Cause there's not a ton of fantasy relevant players in this one. Uh, Jacksonville going to Cincinnati. Um, I mean, I guess Cincinnati has some decent players. We'll start, we'll start with Jacksonville. Uh, who, if anyone, can we start with confidence uh, on the Jacksonville side of the ball? You can start James Robinson with confidence. He had a nice little bounce back last week. He's leading the way in snaps. I know it's not as high as we want it to be, but I've got him as my RB19. Um, I expect the Bengals have some injuries on defense, and I expect the Jaguars to – this may be one of their better games of the year, although I guess they look pretty bad against the Texans. But I think they can get a little bit going on offense, and Robinson should pay off pretty well. 
Uh, what about the wide receivers? Uh, have any of them, you know, early on in the season, they were all kind of bunched together, uh, both in terms of draft, like LaVisca and DJ Chark were frequently going in the same round. And then in weekly rankings, all three of them are usually within like 10 spots of each other on both of your rankings list. Um, have any of them started to separate themselves from the pack and, and either either positively or negatively? Yeah, I have Marvin Jones a few spots separated from Chenault and Chark now. I mean, he's just shown some consistency and he's played the most snaps, I think, every game. So he's the one I would trust the most. It seems like that he's got the best floor ceiling combination there. So if you had to pick between the three, I would go Marvin Jones at this point. Yeah, he's got eight or more targets all three games. So he's getting the work and um, yeah, he's, he's been pretty consistent. Five or six catches, 50 plus yards and two touchdowns so far. Yeah, and to your point about the snaps, Marvin Jones has been on the field 91% of the time, uh, Chark 84%, and uh, LaVisca Schnault just 71%. So yeah, Marvin Jones has been the one who's been on the field the most. Um, he was also the one that we were drafting the latest, so... Props to you if you picked him up and didn't draft a Chark or Chenault. Um, what about the Bengals receivers? So with T Higgins out, uh, obviously that creates a, a bit more of an opportunity for Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd. How confidently are you starting either of these two guys, Eric? Uh, really confidently. Um, it's a little similar to the Steelers situation where if there's a receiver missing, those other two get a big boost. I've got Jamar Chase, a wide receiver, 21. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm back on Tyler Boyd now, wide receiver, 28. I still don't think the passing volume is going to be insane out of this Bengals offense like it was last year, but there's going to be enough to go around. They have no tight ends to speak of. Uh, not really a lot of passing game work for the running backs, so it's going to be focused on these two receivers. Uh, so Jamar Chase is, is a definite start. I mean, he's been having a fantastic season. Tyler Boyd, a little bit more of a roller coaster. Um, are you starting him on Thursday night football, or would you rather leave that spot open and wait and see on maybe like Juju or Deontay Johnson? Me, I think taking a healthy Tyler Boyd against the Jags, I, I don't feel bad at all about doing that. So I think if you can save yourself a headache, you'll get 10 plus points out of him, hopefully more. I'd just go with Boyd. Yeah, okay. I agree. I would go Boyd over Juju. What about what about Boyd or Claypool? Um, I have Claypool one spot ahead of Boyd, so there's just they're back to back. Claypool's gonna be a bigger uh play threat, could have a boom week. I think Boyd's gonna be safer. So really kind of how your your roster fits in, but I do have Claypool ahead of him. Uh, I I have Boyd ahead. Yeah, I just think this Jaguars matchup is too juicy to pass up. The game plan could be kind of conservative, but at the same time, that it's such an easy matchup, and we could see the Bengals get back to what we have wanted them to do. Okay, and you're uh, you're starting Joe Mixon, obviously. Uh, either quarterback in this game, uh, do you feel good about streaming uh, either one? Yeah, so I mean, I've got Burrow like. QB 16, which sounds bad, but it's just a product of how many good quarterbacks there are. He's in my strong start category. So I think if you've got him, you can definitely roll with him. Um, some stats I found on him, I thought it was interesting. He's completing 70% of his passes, which is great. And he's eighth best in the league in air yards, which is great, especially for his struggles last year on deep balls. Um, but he does have a 9.3% touchdown rate, which is third highest in the league. And he's only like QB 24 so far. So um, he's really living on touchdowns right now until that volume gets back up. I don't know if it's going to happen this week, but it's a good enough matchup. I'd feel fine rolling him out there. Yeah, the Bengals overall have been run heavy, but as far as their touchdown scoring goes, they've been very pass heavy. So that might even out a little bit. So that worries me a little bit with Burrow, but I agree. I also have him QB 16. I would start guys like Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater over him, but if you have him, you can roll with him. It's kind of kind of wild that you can have someone with such a high completion rate 
a high number of air yards and a high touchdown percentage. And yet he's not ranking high from a fantasy perspective. So um, yeah, just goes to show how important running is because I don't think Burrow does very much of that uh, other than to um, avoid uh, defensive players because his offensive line is terrible. Wouldn't it have been nice to have drafted an offensive lineman, uh, man, how crazy. <laughs> uh, Tyler right, Boyd would be their wide receiver one. Now they knew what they were doing. Higgins was going to yeah, get hurt. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that, I mean, Jamar Chase has been playing very well. So at yeah. the very least, they're, they're, you guys do have that to hang on to. He's not the Jamar Chase of the preseason. Um, all right, let's talk about running backs. Uh, running back, always a tough position to deal with week to week. It's definitely tougher uh, this week is uh, if you have Christian McCaffrey, obviously he's not playing. Uh, if you have Dalvin Cook, you're hoping he's playing. If you have Josh Jacobs, you know, I tried to tell you, I tried to tell you before the season, but you know, it's okay. If you have Miles Sanders, it's like, what, what are we doing here? So there's a lot of question marks with running backs. Let's start with the guys that are being added in a lot of leagues. Um, How high are we ranking? Let's start with Chuba Hubbard um, stepping into a role that Mike Davis succeeded in last year. Um, Is Chuba Hubbard a must start for you? Uh, wh- where does he rank, Eric? I've got him RB 23. Um, and I think I could probably move him up a couple spots. I'm being a little conservative against Dallas. Uh, I I'd still want to see it a little bit from him before he ranked too high. We saw him drop a pretty easy pass for maybe a touchdown last week. So it, the role is going to be great. I don't know how good he is yet. So that's what keeps me from ranking him a little higher, but uh, RB 23, definitely you can start him with confidence. What about you, Ryan? Where do you have him? I've got him RB 21 and I mean, I really just have him over guys that don't have the types of roles that he's likely to have. Like not when we get down to it, like these running backs, none of them are always great. Like we can't be super confident in any of their workloads. And honestly, Hubbard getting more run over Royce Freeman is a bet I'd rather make than say Javante Williams versus Melvin Gordon. So yeah. And I will say, I mean, a little bit of this too. I thought Dallas's defense looked really good. I don't know if Miles is going to die over there when I say this, but um, I thought they looked really good. They've been pretty decent against the run from what I've seen. I think it's maybe you're better off beating them against the pass. So I don't know. I don't know if this is the smash spot against Dallas you would think it would be. I'm a little skeptical that Carolina is really a 3-0 and team, but like you said, he, he's going to play more than Royce Freeman. Um, he's going to get the volume. So he's a good start. Uh, well, I just checked the standings, and Carolina is indeed a, a three and O team. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't sure? know if they're a seventeen and O team, but they're definitely a three and O team. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I this Cowboys defense has definitely very much improved over last year. So, um, Dan Quinn, thank you so much. Um, I, I, you and Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs have been, yeah, it's been really nice to see like some actual competence on defense this year. Uh, I don't know if we're as good as we have been, but um, I understand that it, it we're not like the uh, the cake matchup that we were last year, or at least we haven't looked that way thus far. I mean, yeah, and they look fast. So There's at least some excitement on that defense now. I think I saw a stat that we like lead the league in number of defenders who have reached 19 miles an hour on the. <laughs> It's like the most random stat. If it's 18.9, we probably don't lead the league anymore. But 19, oh boy, oh, not yeah. 20, <laughs> 19 miles an hour. So uh, yeah, we, we're definitely fast. That's I don't I don't know what that means, but we're we're moving. Uh, okay, Chuba Hubbard, uh, you guys are both starting with uh, in like the low 20. So unless you you know really drafted heavy on running back early, um, you know between your two running back slots and a flex, you're probably starting uh, Hubbard. With Alexander Madison, is it just as simple as if Cook is out, you're starting Madison? Yeah, it's it's pretty simple with him. Madison or Hubbard? I would take Madison. Yeah, same. I'd go Madison. Okay. 
Cooker Hubbard. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. And then uh, let's talk about Peyton Barber, uh, who it's funny because, you know, this is now two games in a row that he has started for Josh Jacobs. And the first game, it was like, okay, yeah, that was that was what we we're expecting from Peyton Barber because he's not very good. And then this, you know, and then this past matchup was very different uh, from what we got from Peyton Barber. So who's the real Peyton Barber? And does it does it even matter? Like, do we think Josh Jacobs will be back? I mean, I think it matters if Jacobs is out. Um, I, it doesn't sound great for Jacobs, but we'll have to wait and see. But, I mean, Barber outsnapped Kenyon Drake 57-43. to 43. I wonder if they've just taken him and just dumped him into the Josh Jacobs role and left Drake where he's at. Um, and, you know, he had 111 yards rushing. And I think the big thing, this matchup against the Chargers, they're, they've kind of turned into like a run funnel uh, defense. Uh, they've been really good against the pass, even though they went against the Chiefs and um, the Cowboys. I think they've allowed the seventh fewest passing yards. Uh, but they've allowed the most rushing yards. So I think they're just playing the pass. They're letting teams run on them. And I would expect Barber to have a pretty good week here. That's why I've got him like RB28, uh, assuming he's the starter and Jacobs is out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I, obviously the big thing is if Jacobs starts, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, I would echo what Eric said. I've got him RB31. I mean, I, I'm not all that convinced that Josh Jacobs and Peyton Barber are super different players. So whichever one's in there, I think you can start them. Okay, and then uh, <laughs> that, oh, that's kind of sad. <laughs> poor, poor, yeah, Josh Jacobs out here catching strays. Uh, what about where would you rank? So right now it's Madison, number one, if, if Cook is out, and then Hubbard and Barber. Where does Zach Moss, who is the third most added running back uh, in Yahoo, where does he rank in that section for you? Who's who's he above? I mean, I've actually got all of them above him. He's right behind Peyton Barber, but I just I don't know. I'm just not ready to trust that Bill's backfield. They're a passing team, and – uh, Allen steals too many touchdowns. Yeah, I have Moss above Barber. Um, like I said, it's just the touchdown equity that you kind of have to try to bank on. But again, like you said, Josh Allen, it can really go either way, feast or famine. But Moss is bigger than Singletary. I thought he outplayed him last year. He has been out snapping him in the last most recent game. So I, I guess I'd go with Moss over Barber. Okay, let's uh let's go down the the rankings a bit and uh, just talk about some some players that we might be uh, concerned about here at the top. Uh, first, I want to talk about Saquon Barkley. Uh, Eric, I know you guys actually both have him ranked as your as your tenth running back, so clearly you're not concerned. But um, I mean, the Giants are facing one of the toughest defenses, and the Giants just lost yet another offensive lineman. I think they're down three offensive linemen already this season. Uh, so, I mean, that doesn't I don't feel like that bodes well for Saquon Barkley. No, and that's not ideal. Um, but he, he got seven targets last week and six receptions. That was the big thing for me. We just need that passing game work for Saquon back, and then we're going to be just fine whether or not they can run the ball or not. So I don't know. 22 touches last week. We're hoping he's still that talented player that made him the second overall pick. So um, I, I feel pretty good rolling with Saquon. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. The, the Saints have been the second best uh, team against the run uh, uh, second fewest rushing yards, uh, per attempt allowed. So I I'm a little nervous, but I understand, you know, you drafted Saquon. He hasn't been, you know, leapfrogged by a bunch of guys yet. So you kind of have stopped to start him. Um, at what point do we start getting nervous about Jonathan Taylor? Um, I know the matchup against Miami looks pretty good. I mean, Peyton Barber just, you know, absolutely sliced and diced them, but uh, he, I think lost the snap count to Naeem Hines. I know they were playing from behind, but they've lost all three of their games. So they're just always playing from behind. Uh, at, at what point are we getting nervous about him? Yeah, I mean, the Colts actually are 
underdogs against the Dolphins, I believe, this week. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's it's tough. Like they are gonna be playing from behind the not the Naheem Hines red zone rushing touchdown tilted me a lot last week. I I genuinely thought it was Taylor because they're both so short. I was like, oh, it's Jonathan Taylor. He finally got his touchdown. But no, he didn't. It was Naheem Hines. But I mean, I've got him at RB12. The, you just have to hope that the rushing equity is there. I mean, I like him over a lot of these other running back options. So we'll see. Maybe if next week he can't put a boom together, then I'll look at seriously dropping him. Yeah, Miami has been one of the the easiest defenses to go up against for running backs. They're allowing 32 PPR points to running backs. So, uh, I mean, while, you know, that's that's entire backfields, that's not like what one running back has been averaging. It, you know, again, with Peyton Barber running on them the way that he did, we hope Jonathan Taylor should be able to do that or better, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Dolphins have given up the six most rushing yards. Uh, teams are able to run it on them pretty well. And this is kind of a matchup with Wentz, you know, on two bad ankles, Brissett, he always looks like he's hurt when he's running out there. Like I, he looked like he was going to leave that game a couple of times. And I don't even know if he was injured. So like, this is kind of an even matchup here. I think it gives Taylor a little bit more of a chance to establish the run and uh, have a big week here. So uh, there are definitely some concerns. If we could get Wentz healthy, I would feel a lot better about it though. Okay. Um, let's talk about some players who either have, you know, gone up over this past week or, or really down in this questionable range. We'll start with Clyde Edwards. He who finally had a good week um, against the chargers, obviously the Kansas city lost, which by the way, if you had Kansas city as being one and two after three weeks, then I congratulations. Cause that, I don't think anyone was expecting this, uh, but CEH had a bigger game. Can we expect more of this from Clyde? Uh, oh, speaking of Kansas city, we didn't mention this in the news and notes. They signed Josh Gordon. Mm-hmm. anyway uh that's all the that's all the attention we need to give that uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire where where are we on him yeah I would not expect that every week uh as I mentioned earlier the Chargers are a pretty big run funnel right now I don't think many teams are going to give Mahomes as much trouble as the Chargers defense did so I think that was a lot of it was that they just kind of had to run the ball with Hilaire but hey you got 100 yards and a touchdown um he's got 44 rushing attempts which is 10th most in the league he's He's startable. He's going to give you volume. It's just, again, I mean, I keep saying it, but the passing game work is not there. And that's what we want in PPR leagues anyway. And especially with the running back like CEH, um, he's going to do best, you know, through the passing game. So I just, I'm not counting on him to be a workhorse. I need more passing game work before I get real excited about him. Okay. And then on the flip side of that game, he's going up against Miles Sanders, who just had not a great week, uh, where <laughs> to say the least, uh, where, where are you on miles Sanders, Ryan? Are you, are you concerned about him like repeating a performance like that? So it was a really weird game and it's, it's not as it, it's not as if the Eagles just went away from miles Sanders specifically. They only had three carries by running backs that entire game it, Sanders had two of them. So good, good on him for getting that 66% workload share. Um, but no, I don't think this is going to be something that happens a lot. Like they clear, it clearly didn't work all that well for them. So you would think that there would be some adjustments made in Philadelphia. I mean, they get the chiefs this week that defense has, has been gashed mostly through the air, but we could see some Miles Sanders touchdowns for sure in this game. So, I mean, you're, you're still starting him as like a back end RB two Cause there aren't, like we said, there aren't a lot of other great options, but 
you I mean, yeah, you're probably pessimistic on him if you drafted him in like the fourth or fifth round, but this is what you should expect from running backs that you draft in that area, honestly. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, only three carries. Uh, in total, the uh, Eagles only rushed the ball 12 times. Uh, the Cowboys' backup running backs had more total rushes than that. Um, Pollard and, and Corey Clement combined for 14 uh, rush attempts. So, yeah, not a big rushing day for Philly. Um, so you're you're good. You you want to start Miles Sanders again this week against Kansas City? I, I want might be a strong word, but you you <laughs> I I you think might, you might have. Yeah, to. I think you probably have to. Yeah. Would okay. Would you start if you had added Chuba Hubbard uh, or maybe like Zach Moss? Would you have started either of those guys over Miles Sanders, or would you start? I I would stick with Sanders if those were the two options that I'd added. Okay. What about what about you, Eric? Yeah, I actually have Hubbard one spot behind Sanders, which I'm kind of surprised to see, actually. So, um, I mean, Sanders had 60% of the snaps, and the Chiefs actually have given up the second most rushing yards in the league. So, this is a good matchup. If they can just hang in there and not get down 21 early. Uh, and, and like Ryan said, and then just kind of compared to some of these teams that had awful weeks, you would hope that there's kind of a reaction to what happened last week, and they changed their game plan. So, hopefully, Sanders is a little more involved here. Okay. Um, let's talk about... Well, and by the way, just I threw away the Josh Gordon thing. Um, he was actually the fifth most added player on Yahoo um, and and the most added wide receiver. Um, should Josh Gordon be more or less rostered than the 30 percent that he is currently rostered? It's less for me. I mean, I have just been fading him this whole time. Like, I think you're just better off fading him over and over again. The Chiefs are enough to pique my interest. I think I put in a claim in a dynasty league. I was like, OK, I'll I'll throw in a real cheap claim. But that that's about the extent of it for me. Yeah, I, I mean, he did nothing on the Seahawks. Like, I, I don't see how the Chiefs are all that different. Like, this was pre, like, huge DK Metcalf breakout. So it's not as if he didn't have opportunity and a great quarterback. So I, I think he's probably just not the player he was eight years ago or whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, it has it has been eight years since that uh, incredible season that he had in his uh, sophomore year with the Browns. He's now 30 years old. Uh, but I, I will say, I think I think the most accurate and, and funny comment that I saw all week was when he signed with the Chiefs. Um, because he had been reinstated and then maybe four or five days later was, was when the news came out that he was signing with the Chiefs. And the top, I think it was the top comment on Reddit was just like, the, the, there was one team that was going to get me back onto the Josh Gordon hype train. It was the Chiefs. Like if he had signed with any other team, I'd be like, okay, whatever. But of course he signs. It's almost as if uh, as if the NFL knows what they're doing. They're conspiring against us uh, to get our clicks. All right. Um, I got to ask about Damian Harris because you both have him ranked in like kind of sort of startable range. Um, Eric, you have him at RB25, Ryan a little lower at RB30. This is a running back that only runs like he doesn't catch passes and it's against Tampa Bay. Like Zeke didn't have a good game against them. We have to bench Damian Harris, right? Yeah, we do. No, I mean, like behind him is Gaskin, Pollard, Peyton Barber. Like, I, you know, at some point you just kind of, he's he's the lead back. Maybe they get a lead. I think they would run it if they could, you know. So maybe they get up seven, they get a turnover, they can lean on the running game a little bit. But I agree, it's it's a stay away if you can. Yeah, you don't want to start him at all. Like, I, as I said, I'm expecting Tampa to roll in and put up 50 points on the Patriots. I, I've been preparing myself mentally for it all week. Like, I, I have all the Bucks ranked way too high, probably, just because I'm expecting a massacre. So, yeah, yeah you have, don't uh, play Damian you're, Harris. You're starting Leonard Fournette over Damian Harris, uh, for example. You have Fournette ranked at RB26. Um, is this, do you, do you think this is anti-New England and or 
pro Tampa Bay colored glasses, or would you, do you think there's a world in which you're actually going to, you know, start Leonard Fournette in the lineup? I think there's a world and especially if Giovanni Bernard isn't a full go, I mean, then it's going to be Fournette that's taking over that passing role. I Ronald Jones, we don't, I don't think we even need to discuss Ronald Jones anymore. Like that, Mm-mm. this clearly isn't happening. And Fournette has been Brady's preferred running back other than Bernard in the passing game last week. So if Bernard doesn't go, I think you can start Fournette when they're going to beat up on the Patriots. Okay. Um, what are we doing with the Atlanta running backs? Um, do we start both of them? Do we start neither of them? Um, they're kind of starting, I mean, they're splitting work and in very different roles, but, uh, I mean, the Atlanta offense has been not great. Uh, what are, what are we doing with these two? Yeah, I've got, um, Mike Davis first outside of my, you know, startable kind of player tier. So I'm not looking to start him. He's still getting the snaps. He's still getting targets. So it's not all bad news here, but, um, I'm just not expecting big things against Washington, although they haven't looked very good. Uh, Cordell Patterson, I'm just expecting this to kind of reach its end here eventually. He's being awfully efficient with these passing game looks. He's still playing behind Davis. So, um, you know, hey, if he's going to keep catching seven balls a game, then obviously you want to start him. I just I just can't see this happening all year. Yeah, it's true, but I mean the the se- the seven receptions, seven targets. Like, what? <laughs> I don't I don't know what else to say. Like, th- this is like. This is like Tony Pollard, basically. I have the two of them back to back in my rankings. Like they're they're guys that you can flex if you really need to. Yeah, they've just like they're only throwing to the running backs. They've got to get the ball to Pitts. They've got to get the ball to Ridley. Like this has to change eventually, right? We're not going to see this Falcons offense all year, are we? Like there's got to be some adjustment. (laughs) Is Matt Ryan too washed to throw down the field now? Like that that's where I would lean to, honestly. It's scary. Uh, interestingly, Cordero Patterson has had exactly seven rushes in all three games, and uh, he has gotten seven targets in the past two games. Uh, week one of the season, he had two targets. So took them took them a, a minute to get Patterson up to speed as far as uh, targeting him in the passing game. But that's I mean, that's a total of uh, if I can do quick math, like 38 touches through three games. Uh, so that's I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm, I'm very looking. impressed. I'm very impressed. <laughs> Eric looks impressed right now. <laughs> I mean, but like, is that not the kind of volume that we'd like to see from these guys that aren't your your bell cows? I mean, for, yeah. I mean, we're talking 13 touches a game, more or less, from from Cordell Patterson. There's there's guys that we're ranking in the top 15 that are getting 14 touches a game. Now, and I probably need to adjust here. I just can't get you know 30 year old uh, kick returner out of my head. I guess that's all it is, but. I don't know. I just, I, they're not doing well offensively. I don't see why they would stick with this formula, but so far they are. So um, I'm hoping there's adjustments, like I said. Okay. What are we, uh, what are we doing with Tyson Williams uh, this week after he was in the doghouse? I mean, he only had two rush attempts uh, this past week. What, what are we doing with, uh, with Tyson? And, and does this mean, by the way, are we better higher on Latavius Murray? No, I'm pretty much done with this backfield, at least against Denver. It's a tough matchup. Um, I've got Tyson down at RB34. I actually cut Latavius Murray in the only league I had him. I just, I don't know if it's worth chasing this backfield right now. The offensive line's banged up. The receivers are dropping passes. Um, I'm going to be waiting for some really good matchups to get someone like Tyson in. And he couldn't even come through against the Lions last week. So I don't know. Tyson's still my favorite, but I'm not starting him. Yeah, I'm also just kind of done with this backfield. I have Tyson below Murray now. I actually have Murray at RB36, but that that's super speculative. I mean, you don't want to start Latavius Murray or really anyone in this backfield. 
Um, would you rather roster the Baltimore running backs or the San Francisco running backs? Like if you could, if you could have all of them, we're going to make a magical spot on your roster where you get all of them and they only take up one roster spot. I'll take San Fran. I, I, I haven't given up on Sermon yet. I know that's crazy, but I'm still holding out some hope. Yeah, I, I guess San Fran as well. There's probably just more upside there. Yikes. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> sad state of affairs in Baltimore after we were so excited coming into the year. We were drafting both J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, and and now we don't even want anyone in their running game. Uh, but I wanted to touch on Trey Sermon. Thanks for mentioning him, uh, Eric, because you currently have him ranked as RB21. How much of that is because, like, it, does that drop if Elijah Mitchell is healthy, or does that factor in Elijah Mitchell potentially playing this week? Yeah, that was kind of if – Elijah Mitchell's not playing because I think it's kind of clear if Mitchell's playing, this is just a mess and you're just throwing a dart here and hoping you get the touchdown. So again, I still, there's a lot of upside here against Seattle. They're a bad run defense, but uh, if Mitchell's playing, it's, it's, it's anyone's guess. It could be used check again out of the backfield, catching passes. All right. And then of the kind of like RB twos that you might need to start because you just, you didn't draft well and and you don't have a good running back and you're looking at guys like Kenyon Drake, James Connor, Devin Singletary, um, either Denver running back because, you know, I mean, it, Melvin Gordon has been the RB one there, but he, he's gotten really much less of a workload than most RB ones. Uh, maybe even Jamal Williams, who's I think gotten more work in, uh, in Detroit than we expected. Um, how would you rank those players? So just real quick, Jamal Williams, uh, Javante Williams, Devin Singletary, James Connor, or Naeem Hines are any of them in starting ca- uh, contention for you? Um, Hines is close. Uh, he's hard to predict, but he still has these big weeks where he's a featured part of the passing game. So I don't mind rolling Hines out there again against Miami. I think it's going to be a pretty close game back and forth and they should be able to do what they want to offensively to some extent. So, um, I, I think I got it. Hines, Jamal Williams. Um, I'm kind of down on Javante after that goal line fumble. So he's probably the lowest of that group. I believe no, no Connor's down below them against a tough Rams defense, but give me Hines. I'll, I'll take some shots with Hines. Okay. Ryan, what about you? Who just uh who who would you start from that group? I'd probably pick Jamal Williams from that group. I mean, the Lions are playing the Bears this week. Like that might actually be a positive game script. It might favor him a little bit more. I have Swift ranked really high too, but it seems like the Lions are aware that these are two of the better players on their offense. So I think I'd rather roll them out than some of these other players. Okay. Uh, you guys both have DeAndre Swift in your top 10, by the way. So uh, no, you don't need to worry here. And oh, Jamal Williams might have a good week. They might both have good weeks. Um, okay, cool. Uh, let's move on to wide receivers. Uh, or actually, sorry. Um, before we do that, are any running backs that you're definitely not starting this week that you're keeping a very close eye on that might shoot up these rankings next week? Um. I mean, I'm still keeping an eye on some of these messy backfields like San Francisco and Baltimore. I just I'm not trusting them at all. Um, I'm, you know, as crazy as it sounds, I think I'm keeping an eye on Royce Freeman uh, back up to Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, excuse me. And um, I don't know. He looked okay last week. Like I know it's Royce Freeman, but he looked okay. He can catch the ball. I think there's a chance he's useful, but I'm not at the point where I'm adding him yet. Yeah, Royce Freeman's a good one. I would say J.J. Taylor as well. Like Miles said, he could definitely be a waiver ad next week, so you can get ahead of it. Other than that, I'm kind of still watching the Jets' backfield, just yeah. more out of curiosity than anything. Not that I will ever want to start start any of them, but it's like, we'll, it's like the train we'll see crash how it shakes out. Yeah, it's like the train crash that you can't look away from. 
Like, yeah. You just have to keep watching this happen. Um, all right. Let's talk wide receivers. Um, I mean, let's start with the, the guys who have most added. I think wide receivers always interesting because every week there's like five or six wide receivers that have a great game. They get added a bunch. Um, so let's talk uh, about those guys and, and how many of them you feel confident starting. So just um, which of these wide receivers would you start in a PPR league? Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Tim Patrick, Henry Ruggs, Christian Kirk or Jacoby Myers? That's six wide receivers. How many of those would you start? Um, I mean, I think you could make a pretty decent argument for all of them. Um, I'm definitely starting Patrick, uh, the the Bills receivers. Well, I'm a little lower on Beasley, but uh, I, I think you can make a nice case for all of them. I think I have Patrick the highest, though. Yeah, the one you mentioned that I'd be most concerned about is Ruggs, just because I really still don't trust him. Um, but yeah, you can make a case for Patrick. You can make a case for Myers, especially in the game script. They're probably going to see he just had 12 targets as well. So everyone you listed are viable flex plays, I think. Yeah, and with Beasley, yeah. I, I worry a little bit. Like This could be anecdotal, but this feels like one of those games where they don't need Beasley. Like it seems like the shootout games, he has good games. And then these games against the Texans, they don't. So I'm a little worried about him, but you can definitely start him. Um, yeah, with Jacoby Myers, I wanted to to ask. You know, we're we're talking about someone who might step into the James White role. Does is it possible that this just means more targets for wide receivers? And is that maybe why Jacoby Myers had his season high in, in targets this past week, Ryan? Yeah, it could absolutely just be Jacoby Myers that's taking over this sort of James White target volume. He's who I would look to, especially more than any other receiver on the Patriots. So he's someone that I am really excited for in the next few weeks, actually, especially in the negative game script they're going to see against the Bucs. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak to every single wide receiver's targets this season for for New England, but I mean, I think it says a lot that Jacoby Myers had 14 targets and then Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar each also had eight. Um, so I, I feel like we may be also seeing as opposed to JJ Taylor stepping up into that role that those targets just start getting more put on wide receivers and maybe we see more short routes for Jacoby Myers. So in PPR leagues, I definitely think he's someone to keep a very close eye on. I, maybe you can't quite start him this week. Um, but he's certainly someone that I think should be rostered and, and I mean, I, you could do worse than Jacoby Myers in your flex probably. Um, Okay. And then Tim Patrick, you said you're starting uh, confidently. Um, I think you said Emmanuel Sanders, you feel pretty good about Um, Henry Ruggs, not as sure about Cole Beasley, not as sure about what about Christian Kirk, who has now alternated good weeks, Eric, is it, is it going to be an odd week, even week thing for Christian Kirk? And we got to sit him this week, or do you think there is something there for Kirk? It's a little scary just because they're playing the Rams and you've got Jalen Ramsey out there. It's so hard to predict who these guys are going to match up on. I know it's going to be Hopkins most likely, but the way the Cardinals switch their receivers around, um, this is a really good Rams defense. I don't have a lot of confidence in Kirk. He is still wide receiver 40 in the startable range because this offense looks so good. So um, again, you can do worse than Kirk. He's going to possibly be boom bust. I wouldn't count on what he's been doing every week, but um, there's certainly upside there. I, I just worry this Rams team could shut the Cardinals down. These teams know each other well. So um, yeah, it's a little risky, but um, I don't mind riding the hot hand here. Okay. Um, let's talk about uh, the rankings. And and really, I mean, again, a lot of the names at the top are exactly who you expect to see. So if you drafted even, even like Tyree Kill, who had a quote unquote down week, um, you know, even, you know, by his standards, it was still nine PPR points, which isn't great. But like, if that's your down week, you can, you know, there's top uh, end wide receivers that will do worse than that. Um, but, you know, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, you're starting all these guys. The players we really kind of have to have some concerns about. 
uh, and I just kind of want to get your your one to ten. How panicked are you about Calvin Ridley, uh, Robert Woods, or Allen Robinson? Uh, we'll start with Ridley. Just one to ten. Where where are you at? I think he's a like a seven for me, just in the sense I don't know if that like wide receiver one season is in his range of outcomes anymore. That, that's pretty high panic. Yeah, he's like a four or a five for me, and the reason is it's not because he's been performing poorly. It's really on Matt Ryan as far as I'm concerned. So if Ryan can put it together, then I think he can be like a low-end wide receiver one, but I'm probably going to be ranking him more in the teens for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's okay. 18th in target share right now. They're just throwing it all to Cordell Patterson. I guess throwing it to the running backs. Yeah, there you go. Um, what about Robert Woods? Um, h- how concerned are you about Robert Robert Woods? He's more like a four for me. It hasn't been good. I just expect this there to be some adjustments and he gets fed the ball at some point. Yeah, he's like a two or a three. Not really that concerned. I'd probably be buying him in redraft leagues, honestly, because the Rams offense has looked great. I mean, we've seen this sort of touchdown variance between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup before. Usually, whichever one of them scores a lot of touchdowns is the one that has the better season. I think they're both really talented players. It could just as easily be Woods that we're talking about as a top five receiver right now. So, yeah, I would buy Robert Woods and I feel comfortable starting him this week. Okay, and then finally, Allen Robinson, who, uh, I mean, the quarterback play in Chicago has just been something else entirely. And and is this, you know, is Robinson being affected much in the same way Ridley's being affected? Yeah, it's hard not to be panicked about Robinson. Um, I, I'd probably put him about a six only because I think Justin Fields might be better than Matt Ryan, even as bad as he looked last week. So there's a little more hope, but um, no, I'm worried. He's 20th in snap share, so he's not even getting fed the ball like we've seen before. Yeah, I'd go a six or a seven on Robinson. The quarterback play and the play calling is definitely a concern, but he's also past the age apex. Like with Ridley, I know I know Calvin Ridley isn't like just washed or in decline. It's like a 10% chance that that's the case with Allen Robinson. Okay. Um, are you are you benching any of these three guys? No, I'm playing them all. Probably not. No, the lowest I have ranked is Robinson and at wide receiver 27. So you're starting him more than likely. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's teams out there that are going to have three better wide receivers than, than your 27th ranked wide receiver, but um, yeah. he's probably being started in, in a wide number of leagues still. Um, let's talk about uh, Cortland Sutton. He had a monster week two and then targets went way down, um, went from uh, 12 targets in week two to just five in week three. Uh, are we concerned that maybe Corlin Sutton isn't going to break out the way that we were hoping he would after Jay Judy's injury? No, I'm actually really encouraged. Uh, he's leading everyone in air yards this year, 313. That's 35 more than Tyler Lockett. Um, you wouldn't put Cortland Sutton in that kind of range of receiver normally. So I think that's really encouraging. Now that KJ Hamler's out for the year, Jerry Judy, who knows how long he's out. Um, it's just down to Sutton and Tim Patrick and the tight ends. So no, I'm feeling really good about Sutton. I think he's probably a buy low as well. Um, if someone's worried about last week, I will just add that I think like 200 of those air yards all came during that giant week two game. So if we separate that out, then maybe we're not as bullish, but I overall, I agree. Bridgewater has been playing well. These target shares are going to consolidate even further with all the injuries. So looking ahead, I'm pretty positive on Sutton. Okay. Um, let's talk about a few other wide receivers that have kind of 
roller coastered in, in their performance so far this year. We'll start with Brandon Ayuk, who um, finally it, it looked, a, you know, like he was a member of the 49ers at the very least, uh, someone that they're going to put on the field as he finally, I mean, six targets more than tripled his season total, uh, you know, and actually, like I said, got a, got a rushing attempt. Um, so Brandon Ayuk, is he someone now that you've seen him involved in the offense that you're willing to start? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like you said, with Allen Robinson, there may be teams where you just have too many good receivers, but yeah, we just wanted to see him out of the doghouse on the field. We know how talented he is. I mean, he had 748 yards receiving on, uh, 60 receptions last year. I mean, he got a ton of work in the rushing game. Like he had a really good rookie season. So yeah, he's pretty much back for me. He's not like back in the range where we thought he might be if this was his breakout season, but I'm still pretty excited to have Brandon Ayuk on my team. Yeah, he's playable. Like I, I would start guys like Devonta Smith or Marvin Jones over him this week, but you, you can be feeling decent about him. I think Debo is really the alpha in this passing game now. And as I've said before on this podcast, like the, these 49ers don't seem to throw the ball that much enough to support two receivers and a tight end all the time. So you might have some uneven performances, but he's it, he is a thing now. He's back to being a thing. Uh, he, he is a thing. I, I like that. I, I very great uh, vote of confidence there in Brandon. Ayuk. but that's, I mean, that's better than where he was. Cause in week one, he literally was not a thing. Uh, so we're, we're stepping up in the world. Uh, what about Michael Pittman, uh, targets 12 in each of the last two weeks after, uh, only four targets in week one Colts, uh, passing game has kind of been all over the place. Uh, I mean, not Pittman in the past two weeks with targets, but I mean, Wentz has been hurt and Zach Pascal's targets have been all over the place. So just is this like, can we bank on this kind of volume for Pittman? And, um, is there room for him to continue to perform the way that he has? Yeah, I mean, as long as T.Y. Hilton's out, and I mean, I don't think he's a huge threat anyway. Um, Pittman, he's got 26.7% target share. That's 13th best among receivers. Um, I We don't see Paris Campbell making a push to get the ball. Uh, outside of the running backs, it's Pittman. So, um, you know, he hasn't even scored a touchdown yet. Like, I think there's some positive regression in that aspect coming. So we just need Wentz to settle in, get healthy. But we just – we can't ignore those 12 targets a game. That's such good volume. Um, I've got him as my wide receiver 33 um, I feel pretty comfortable starting him. Yeah, I have him down at wide receiver 45. That might be a little too low now that I'm looking at it. But yeah, he's definitely a fine flex play. Like he's, you've got to hope that the Colts continue to be oddly pass heavy as they've been through three games. But again, it's because they have been so bad that they have to throw the ball. So if it keeps up, you can start Michael Pittman. All right, and then uh, someone that skyrocketed up draft boards and has been plummeting down the rankings boards, uh, and that's Corey Davis. Um, he, I mean, had a horrible week two, only two receptions for eight yards, but in week three, 10 targets, that's great. Five receptions, 41 yards, that's not great. You want better when you're getting 10 targets um, and when you're being drafted in you know the top 100, um, as he was towards the end of draft season. But um, do we think Corey Davis and the you know, Jets offense-ish can turn it around? Uh, a little bit, or are we, you know, starting, is it just time to be out on Corey Davis? Yeah. I mean, I don't think anything has changed with Corey Davis himself. I think this is just the offense is so bad. It's dragging him down with them. Um, like you said, he's getting a lot of work and I mean, as bad as they are and as you know, easy as it is to make fun of the jets, like they are going to score some points. They're going to put up some yards. There's some aggression in the positive uh, range coming here. So I don't think we should give up on Corey Davis quite yet, but um, I'm not starting him. Uh, so I don't know. It's just, Let's let's see something first before we risk getting a, a three points out of them. 
Yeah, I want to see what the offense looks like with Crowder back, and that is probably more likely to be negative for Davis. So, I mean, if he goes out there across from Crowder and only commands three targets this week, then you can probably just be done with him. Okay, and then another player that some people are starting to be done with, and that's Robbie Anderson, who his roster ship has declined 10% um, in the past week. Uh, you know, just 1.8 points in PPR last week against Houston. So uh, is Robbie Anderson now, you know, on the outskirts looking in, in Carolina's offense and, and on our fantasy rosters? Yeah, he was the one I was trying to be patient with, and it has gotten worse. I mean, three targets, then six, and then two last week. Um, you know, the, the offense overall looks good. Darnold looks good. I would like to hold out hope for Anderson. But the problem is there are just too many good options on the waiver wire. I mean, you can pick up people like Emmanuel Sanders or Tim Patrick. Like, I just I don't think it's worth holding on to Robbie Anderson right now if you have those options. So I still think we could see another um, kind of surge from Anderson this year, but I don't know if it's worth waiting for it at this point. Yeah, with McCaffrey out, you could see some added target volume for Robbie Anderson, but I agree. Like he, I said it two weeks ago that the Terrace Marshall seems like he's yeah. taking away enough of his role that it's not really worth rostering or starting him. Okay. Um, and then of the wide receivers that you are definitely not playing this week, uh, who are you keeping a close eye on um, to see, uh, you know, how they do maybe this weekend and see if, if there's someone worth either adding or starting next week? Yeah, I mean, I definitely – Terrace Marshall is a good one. Um, this is a matchup against Dallas that could really spark them. Um, outside of that, you know, I, I think a lot of the names are pretty common names. Um, I, I do think LaVisca Chenault – like, not that he's on waivers, but um, I'm not ready to completely give up on him yet. So I'd be keeping an eye on LaVisca Chenault and uh, Terrace Marshall. I'm kind of interested in Marquez Calloway again. I mean, he scored a touchdown. He made a really great play grabbing it too. So maybe the Saints wide receiver core turns a corner here. There's still some time before Michael Thomas comes back too. So if Calloway's out there, maybe give him a look or pay attention to how he does this weekend. All right, um, let's do some flex quick hitters, just some decision points that people might be having this week. Um, would you rather start Melvin Gordon the third or Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Okay, what about um, Antonio Brown or if we go higher on the on the running back side, uh, Chuba Hubbard? And I'm still going Brown. I just think they're going to light it up this week. Same. It's hard for me not to pick a Tampa Bay Buccaneer against any other player this week. So, uh, uh, Derek Henry or Antonio Brown. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about uh, Hollywood Brown, who uh, did really well in the first two weeks, didn't do so well in week three. Um, would you start him over Damian Harris? Yeah, I think so. Just hope he's, he doesn't drop it this week. I mean, he's still getting a lot of looks and he's getting some explosive plays. He's just got to hang on to the ball. So hopefully he's not in the doghouse, but we, we talked enough about uh, the outlook for, so yeah, I'll go with, I'll go with Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood for me as well. He's not going to drop two touchdowns every week. Okay. Um, here's one that people might have to be deciding on uh, as soon as tomorrow, Tyler Boyd or Corderell Patterson. I like Boyd personally, but I've already admitted I'm too low on Patterson. But give me Boyd. He's a better player, in my opinion. I'd go with Boyd as well. Just probably more locked in volume, more upside. Uh, In case Hubbard isn't in their top two running backs, if he's a flex option, uh, Boyd or Hubbard? I still like Boyd, especially with Higgins out. 
I think I'd actually go Hubbard there. And again, it's because of the locked in volume and Hubbard could get a touchdown and just completely blow Boyd out. So yeah, I'd go with Hubbard. Okay. Uh, Miles Gaskin or OBJ. Um, I'll take Beckham over Gaskin. I'll take Gaskin just because this Dolphins team is potentially going to have a positive game script. And I want to see what that looks like for Miles Gaskin. He, it's got a surprising amount of work on the ground last week. And I mean, he's been involved in the passing game. He's had like five targets every single week. So I'd go with Gaskin over OBJ. Okay. Uh, Tony Pollard or Brandon Ayuk. Hmm. <laughs> That's that. I think I'll go. Ayuk. I'm still just, it's tough for me to trust Pollard, how much work we're going to get week to week. He's kind of more like a, a running back option as opposed to a flex option for me. I think I'd go Pollard. Okay. So more like if you, if you went like zero RB kind of a setup and you don't have a good running back, you'd start Pollard, but you wouldn't want to flex him in that situation. Is that what you're saying, Eric? Yeah. I just, especially if it's, you know, PPR, half PPR, I'd I'd rather go with the receiver there. I just, there are still going to be weeks where we get like, you know, eight carries for 35 yards out of Pollard. I feel like, and I I know we could get a bad week out of Ayuk, but I do think his stock is up and I'm hoping he looks like the old Ayuk here pretty quick. Okay. Um, let's talk about quarterback uh, again. I mean, the top 10, 11, maybe even 12 quarterbacks are still the guys that we're normally playing uh, and normally drafted. Uh, again, the main one who's really dropped in the rankings is Ryan Tannehill. We talked about him uh, earlier uh, when we were talking about the Tennessee Titans offense. Uh, Eric, you still have him in the streaming category. Uh, you saw him at quarterback 12, but I, I think there's, there's a lot of obstacles in his way to being a, a top 12 option this week. Yeah, I totally agree. It's just we expect him to put up a lot of points. So he could run a touchdown in. He could throw a couple to these, you know, no-name receivers. So if they're scoring 35, 40 points, then he's got a good chance to at least be a startable quarterback. But I do not expect a, a breakout week like you might think against this Jets defense. Okay, well, the the two guys right behind him in your rankings uh, and ahead of him in Ryan's rankings are Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr, who, by the way, Kirk Cousins is QB five on the year and Derek Carr is QB seven and six point per passing touchdown leagues. And it's not for not in, in neither situation. Is it, uh, they had one big game that has just, you know, we're still early enough in the season that it's, it's carried them. Um, if I can pull it up quick enough, Kirk Cousins has not scored less than 26 points and Derek Carr has not scored less than 20. They both have scored at least 26 points in all three of their games. So uh, why, why are we putting them behind Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, I mean, I was saying about that Chargers matchup, I was just really impressed by their pass defense. Um, I think it's going to lead to a lot of running. Uh, they've been shutting down to some extent Mahomes and the Cowboys passing attacks. So um, I respect that defense. And then that Browns defense, it looked really good getting after the quarterback, obviously against the Bears, but it's looked good all season. And I mean, I still, you know, I know Minnesota's looked a lot better the last two weeks, but I still remember week one where the Bengals defensive line was terrorizing Kirk Cousins. Their offensive line did not look good. Maybe they got it all fixed. I don't know, but the Browns have a really good pass rush. And I, I just, I don't think that Kirk Cousins is going to finish as a top five quarterback. Maybe that's a hot take, but I think he's going to correct down to his old levels here. So such a hot take. Kirk Cousins is <laughs> not a top five fantasy quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, you, you have them ahead. You're feeling uh, better about starting uh, Cousins or Carr this week. I think it's more than I'm feeling worse about Tannehill. Uh, I mean, Cousins, yeah, he's had three very easy matchups. This is what we said in the preseason that Kirk Cousins weeks one through three has some really good potential shootouts, and he definitely delivered if you drafted him. 
but I think you can roll them out against the Browns this week. I mean, I mean they've been beatable even by the Texans and the Chiefs. Of course, the Chiefs can beat any defense, but even the Texans were putting up some points against them. So I think Cousins is fine as like a back end QB one this week, but you should probably be looking for another option going forward. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's pretty straightforward from quarterback. Um, you know, there's not too much really else going on there. Uh, let's move on to tight end. Um, are there any tight ends that you might have snagged off of waiver wires that are startable? Um, guys like Dalton Schultz, uh, Jared Cook. I'm trying to think of the other tight ends that might have been, you know, added a lot on waivers. Austin Hooper, uh, Gerald Everett. Uh, not Gerald Everett. He's on the COVID list. You can't start him this week. Uh, but other than other than him, Evan Ingram, maybe. Are any of these guys startable this week? Yeah, I mean, Ryan beat me to Hunter Henry. Um, so if you missed that, go up to the uh, streaming oh, yeah. section Hunter of the Henry. podcast. Absolutely. So I, I would agree with Henry. Um, I've got him at tight end 12. Um, Mike Kosicki's back on the map after having a nice week. But uh, I think Dalton Schultz, I mean, he's had six catches in uh, two or three games. He's outsnapping Blake Jarwin 70% to 54%. Um, his last, his second touchdown last week was a little fluky, a little kind of garbage timey. But um, it's a really good passing offense as long as Gallup's out. And we know that Amari Cooper can kind of disappear from time to time. So um, I think Schultz is a really nice option as long as he's out snapping Blake Jarwin here. Yeah, I mean, everybody that you mentioned, Miles, is pretty much between tight end 12 and 20 for me. So th- they're all really streaming options if you get down to it. Someone you didn't mention was Dawson Knox. Uh, he caught a touchdown last week. I believe it was the second of the year. Uh, he's basically Robert Tunyon, but on a better offense. Like, I, can someone actually explain the difference to me between Dawson Knox and Robert Tunyon, aside from that Knox gets Josh Allen and gets to play the Texans, the Texans this week? Like, uh, one, of, one of them got more targets last year, and it wasn't Dawson Knox. That's true, but again, it we see these, like, strange tight end seasons all the time, and I, it's not as if Tunyon was a target magnet last se- season. He was making his living on touchdowns, if we're being no, real. No, that's absolutely true. Um, and, and it's you bring up Robert Tunyon. I mean, he's I think he's the tight end that if, if you uh, are streaming so, uh, tight end right now, it's because you drafted Robert Tunyon because he has been uh, awful this season. I mean, we talked about him last week of just like being concerned about him. And then he went out and didn't perform well again. So uh, definitely, I think, concern for Robert Tunyon. Um, are you are you dropping Robert Tunyon to play one of these other tight ends? Or do you think there's still some hope uh, that he can turn it around? Yeah, I mean, I, I would probably drop Robert Tunyon. I mean, I, I can tell you the difference between Tunyon and Knox is that Tunyon, or yeah, Tunyon scored 11 touchdowns last year. So that's why people are still playing him. But he only had 59 targets um, so far this year. He just has an 8.8% target share, 29th among tight ends. So the thing Thanks. is with Tunyon, this touchdown, I mean, he's only got three red zone targets. He's got zero end zone targets. This could change at any moment, but we're not going to know. And I would rather just take the tight ends that have chance at five or six catches and go with that at this point he, he may have a resurgence this year um but he'll probably be waiting for you on waivers if you need him yeah i agree drop him play schultz henry hooper anyone over conklin i think i'd rather play conklin at this point okay all right so tunyon tunyon's droppable um what about a dallas goddard uh dallas goddard also i mean he only had four targets this past week he's sitting at 11 targets on on the season so a um, little under four per game which is either if you're in that range you need to be a high touchdown tight end and goddard has never been that guy so is dallas goddard like if you were choosing between dropping goddard or tunyon who would you be dropping i would rather drop tunyon i i do okay. think there's a potential goddard rebounds here and hopefully Ertz gets a few less snaps going forward 
yeah, drop Tunyon. Goddard is just a more talented player. He has a better pedigree, has a bigger history of production, even alongside Zach Ertz. So I'd rather have Goddard. Okay. Um, and then finally, uh, defense. Uh, what's a top defense that you're sitting this week and or potentially dropping uh, because of their matchup? Yeah. So, I mean, there's some obvious ones for me. Um, San Francisco against Seattle. I'd rather not deal with that. Um, and even the Rams against Arizona. Uh, those are two that stand out. Yeah, I would agree with both of those. Uh, with San Francisco, I'd also point out that they're playing the Cardinals and then have a bye after this week. So you don't really want to hold them on your roster. Just drop them and play a better defense. Yeah, and I was actually looking into them when I was looking up Seattle players. Um, I was expecting San Francisco to have a much better pressure rate than they do. I mean, I think it could still come around, but they haven't exactly been uh, chasing the quarterback around real well. So I think you can get rid of them. Uh, the, the Rams, by the way, we had mentioned them last week. Uh, again, uh, this is the second week in a row that they've been a defense to sit. They only scored three points against Tampa Bay. They've got Arizona this week. They have Seattle uh, next week. Uh, on a short week, it's Thursday Night Football. I don't know if that generally tends to favor the defense or not. But, um, you know, and then after that, it lightens up uh, with the Giants, uh, the Lions, and the Texans. So it's three tough weeks in a row, including last week with, with LA people really held them through that matchup against Tampa Bay. So I, I don't expect anyone's dropping them, but we're at the point with them where you're, if you're not starting them, you're benching them for three weeks in a row. And that's, <laughs> that's not ideal for no. roster it, construction. Yeah. At least against Arizona, you got a chance at some sacks for Kyler Murray. So, you know, it's probably a little better than Tampa Bay. Those players like Brady and Rogers, they just, they don't take many sacks. They don't turn the ball over. I always try to avoid those. Like that's the same with the Steelers this week. I'm avoiding that matchup against the Packers. Steelers also have not been very good defensively. They had, they had uh, 14 points in week one and then two points in week two and week three. So um, at least as, a, as far as being a fantasy defense is concerned, they've not been very good. So Pittsburgh also probably droppable. Um, you're, if you're dropping one of these defenses, right? Dropping San Francisco, dropping Pittsburgh, who uh, is someone that might be available in their leagues that, that you would go pick up? Um, I agreed with Ryan's call on the Packers. Um, I'll skip that one, though. Um, I'll go Kansas City Chiefs against the Eagles. Uh, I just think Hurts is the sort of quarterback, especially if they get down big, who could take a lot of sacks, throw some picks. Um, they did not look particularly good on Monday night. So Chiefs, if they're with a lead, they should give you at least six or seven points. And, you know, you always have a shot at a touchdown for a big week. Yeah, that's a good option. I would also look at Chicago. I They're at home favored against Detroit. Uh, the Lions are only implied 20 points is probably going to be a really low scoring game, probably a higher floor, lower ceiling type of option at defense there. And uh, the Bears did put up uh, 20 points uh, on fantasy in week two against uh, the Bengals. So um, they can uh, absolutely beat up on poor offenses. So um, it's it's certainly not out of the question. Um, and by the way, speaking of uh, going back to the Philly thing, Dallas did just score 13 points against them. Uh, that was aided by the uh, pick six uh, that Trayvon Diggs had. So, I mean, the, the touchdown did help, but uh, two sacks, two interceptions total. Um, you know, they were held to just 15 points on offense. Um, as they scored six of their points on that weird fumble in the end zone that I, it was, I, I don't even know, like I was watching it and, and uh, I'll, I'll out of nowhere, Fletcher Cox is just running around with a football. And I, I had no idea how that happened. Um, but anyway, uh, all right, cool. I think that's going to do it this week. Um, Eric, how does it feel to have one, one fewer lineup to have to set? <laughs> that's the silver lining and just wait well i guess you know this miles but as you get later into a guillotine season that waiver wire it's outrageous you could spend a good hour on it so um that's a silver lining i don't have to worry about that anymore yeah the the contingent bids is what gets it 
makes it the worst because you you have to you're at the point where like yeah i want to add um i don't know derrick henry derrick henry's on the way i want to add him but uh that means i'm gonna have to like put in like six different versions of bids for him because you know uh i just i don't know who i'm gonna end up dropping and and you know all this stuff it's a whole thing so um yeah well uh hopefully you have fun watching ryan and i uh, have fun and uh best luck everyone with your week four lineups